Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm Eric Panecki. I'm David Choi. And I'm John Labretti. And welcome to the Deals and Dollars podcast. The three of us are real estate executives in the New York City metro area. Every week, we bring on the best real estate investors and entrepreneurs we know to talk about how they made it in the business, how they source their deals, and most importantly, how they make their dollars. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. All right, let's get into it. Let's ride! (laughs) Marco Cabrera! Welcome to the Real Leverage Podcast, brother. It's an honor to have you on here. How you doing today? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for everything that you're doing, man. I'm just uh, super proud of you. You know, I saw from the beginning to where you're at. It's a blessing to see what you're doing. Oh, uh, come on. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, let's jump right into it. How did you get started in real estate? So I always knew I wanted to be in real estate. I just didn't know where in real estate. And my parents, when they came to the country, they actually got into real estate at an early age. And I saw how much of a shift it had on our family. Mm. You know, we were living one way and then once they started getting houses and uh, multifamily holding on to them, you know, everything changed. We were able to move to a different town, uh, a nicer town with uh, better schools. So mm. it's always been planted in my mind that real estate is the way to go. I just didn't know where I was going to fit in. Like, I, I definitely didn't want to be a realtor. You know, I'm not like a super finance guy, so I didn't want to get into like mortgages and stuff like that. So I knew it was real estate. I just didn't know where I fit in. And then I ended up going to a seminar where they were talking about wholesale and house flipping. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is for me. This fits who I am, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit. Like, this is where I want to be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. Once I was introduced to it, I, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. But I saw two sides of it. Like mm-hmm. the, the properties that we were getting that my father and mother were, were purchasing, they were in uh, rougher areas. And um, I remember going with my dad to pick up rent and it was always a fight. <laughs> so I never wanted to be a landlord because of that. I'm like, all right, this this is something I don't want to deal with. You know, I don't want to go banging on 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 doors just to collect rent in the hood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... So I saw the both both sides. I saw the benefits because yeah. our lifestyle, how we, you know, it, how it helped us live. But I also saw, you know, what my dad had to do to get there. Wow. So you almost got scared of real estate because you're like, why in the world would you buy this property so I could go like the, like just hunt it down for rent? This seems yeah. like not the route I want to go down. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then uh, growing up, you know, I lived in a in a better town, and a lot of people that were wealthy were in real estate. Mm. So, you know, I would ask the kids like, oh, what do, what do you guys do? They live in this mansion. And like, oh, my mom does real estate. And another thing that I was introduced is how busy their parents were. So they never spent quality time with their kids. You know, they lived in a, in a beautiful home, but they just didn't have the presence of their parents, you know, and, and that's another thing. I'm like, all right, um, I see the landlord side. Don't want to do that. And I see the realtor side, you know, don't mm. want to do that. Like, I love my kids. I want to spend as much time with them as possible. You know, so I was introduced to both sides. That's why I didn't want to do either. But I knew I did want to be in real estate, though. Wow. Well, that's powerful. So, I mean, you didn't want to do one side. You didn't want to do the realtor side. You didn't want to do the landlord side. What side are you currently in? What does your business uh, currently consist of? So I'm wholesaler. So we're in wholesaling. Right now we do about 95% wholesale. Mm-hmm. Um, we are stepping more into the flipping, partnered up with a company that does high-level flipping. So we can start doing it out of state in different markets. So that's new for us in 2022. But I've been a wholesaler for a good six years now. So you're, you're a wholesaler. Yeah. And, man, I know a, a lot of people trying to get into the wholesaling game. Yeah. And no matter what they do, they, they can't seem to get any traction 
on their business. I mean, you're clearly very successful, right? How many deals a month are you doing right now on the wholesale side? Uh, right now we're doing, yeah, we're doing about uh, between eight to 10 deals. Wow. Good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, wh yeah. what do you think your competitive edge is to do an eight to ticket? That's not, that's very above average, right? Especially yeah. in New Jersey where it, there's, it's a lot yeah. of competition. There's a lot of legal nuances to get a deal closed. How in the heck are you doing eight to 10 deals a month, man? Well, I mean, just what our foundation is for our company, I think it's what separates us from everything else, you know? Like we put people first, integrity first. I think when once people start realizing that it's not about real estate, it's more about the people, then, you know, everything starts to shift. You know what I mean? As a wholesaler, you're not really, you're real estate 100%, but you're more of a marketing company, mm. you know? So you, you have to put on that marketing hat. And when you have that marketing hat, you have to deal directly with the sellers. And when you're dealing with sellers, you have to build rapport. And I think that's what separates us from, from everyone else. I've had lower offers and they give me the deal for the simple fact that they, we build rapport. They connect with me at a different level. And they know what I'm trying to do is actually help them, you know? Wow. And that's been very beneficial. And I've been like that from the beginning. And still, it's part of our core values as a company. Wow. I got to say, I, I, I love that because... When I was front man, right, making those calls, going on the in-person appointments, locking up the deal, I was the guy getting the deals, selling the deals, closing the deals, right? Yeah. And I always said it was empathy and it was like the genuineness that they saw in me. It was a 22-year-old kid, 23-year-old kid, don't even have, uh, you know, scruffs on his face, right? And, <laughs> and these guys are meeting. I'm meeting with 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, but they saw my heart. And that I was genuine, I was yeah. going to keep my promise to them, and that I had confidence. Mm -hmm. And that I heard them, and I built massive rapport that yeah. even though I was competing against higher offers, more sophisticated investors, they trusted me. And so yeah. when you're bringing on new salespeople, it's hard to pass that baton on. Like, I know you're hungry. Yes. I know you want to get paid. I know you want to close deals. Now, it, the difficulty for me was how do I pass the heart, that core value, down to your acquisition managers because you can't you're not them you can't replicate yourself 100 percent, right so what does your yeah. team look like now and what have you done to bring that core value and that heart to your organization so right now uh we have two acquisitions guys one dispo we have a junior acquisitions and we have somebody who helps with uh billing like hr pretty much to keep everything afloat and the way that i i focused on building their character first like i didn't focus 110 percent on real estate it was more like we did a week just on personal growth you know like every day we were meeting and we were just talking about core values we were talking about goals. We were talking about what's happened in their past. Why do they feel they can't get to a certain level? You know, I gave them books and resources, like really focused on them, on their character, you know, to help them see clearly on how everything works and what's true and what's not. Like growing up, we think, you know, a successful dude has like, you know, 10 girls and car and, you know, and it's not the reality of it. Once you start surrounding yourself with people that are really successful, you know, they're married and loyal, you know, they're stewards with their finances. Like, it's so opposite of what the world thinks, like, you know, rock star rich is, you know what I mean? Mm. And what I focus on to filter out the junk that they've been filled with in their heads and show them a picture and a vision of themselves truly successful. You know, so once you start, they start seeing their character growing into this, like, warrior, let's call, you know, they start growing in different, in different averages. And you see it right before your eyes. And then you focus on real estate. Then you focus on core values. 
Now, I always tell them, like, never take a deal that we can't flip on ourselves. Why would we sell something that we wouldn't flip ourselves? Uh-huh. You know, so that helps filter out whether it's a good deal or not and why they're doing it. Their why is very important. It can't be just for a paycheck. We got to help this pe- these people. We got to help the buyer, then help ourselves. Nice. Yeah. It seems like you have a very lean team. For the amount of deals you're doing, yeah. eight to ten a month, you have a very lean operation, mm-hmm. right? What do you think your average? What do you think your average uh, wholesale fee is per deal? Our average is sixteen. Sixteen k, nice. And sixteen k on a national level, right? Like at the average wholesale fee is like five to ten k nationwide. So, what yeah. I've seen is that in New Jersey they're actually a little bit higher, but the barriers mm-hmm. to entry is significantly higher. It's like known as the worst places ever to go again into wholesaling, yet. You know, if you have the right team and you have the right marketing and infrastructure, it could be very, very profitable once you're in there, right? Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. You said you're going into the flipping side now. You're partnering up with the flip. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so he was actually somebody, one of my buyers that I worked with a lot. I know we we have a history, we have a friendship before real estate. Um, But once we started working together in real estate, you know, he was a buyer, he was a closer, and he was getting these deals done. And he started stepping into like uh, big units, like huge units, 30 plus. And that's definitely something that's been on my radar. I just didn't know how to get into it. And uh, on the flip side, he was always interested in the wholesaling side, <laughs> seeing how I'm able to market and give him all these deals that, you know, people are fighting to get. So, you know, we sat down and we came up with a with a plan that, that makes sense for everybody. So we're pretty much just going to help each other. I'm going to help him on the marketing side. And then he's going to partner up with us on, uh, you know, finding units, rebuilding them, holding on to them side. Wow. So he, yeah. it's kind of like one hand freeze. You're going to bring him deals. He's going to bring you deals. Yeah. And is it specific, New Jersey specific, or is it more nationwide? No, it's going to be nationwide. Nationwide. Um, so wow. We're, yeah. Like we already, uh, we're working on our first deal together, which is in Syracuse. It's a 32 unit, you know, and, and together, you know, in 2022, we're looking, you know, try to get a hundred doors. Wow. Wow. Congratulations, man. 32, 30, 32 you. is a big, it's a big, uh, big property. Is your biggest one yet? It is. Yes. Very good. For me personally. Congratulations, for man. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. That's thank amazing. You, You're going to specifically focus in like the Syracuse area, New York. Are you planning on on tackling like Carolinas, Texas, Florida? We are. We are. We're actually in the transition of, of uh, as far as our wholesale platform mm-hmm. to going nationwide this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we've been, we're, already, we're already in three markets. We're in, uh, we're in New Jersey. Uh, we're in Delaware. And we're also in Pennsylvania. So last year I got a taste of the virtual market, you Mm -hmm. know, because everything changed after 2020. So uh, we were able to do a lot of profitable deals out of state without going to see the property, without meeting the seller. And it just opened my eyes to how much we could do if we really scale. Wow. So so that's that's amazing. This year. So I'm doing I'm consistently doing about 10 deals a month in um, in just New Jersey. Right. And just New Jersey's incredibly difficult, but they have, I've seen that being the highest margin business. I'm my average, my average deal of profit is my 35 grand, right? In just New Jersey. That's great. And I know the smaller, the median price, the smaller the fee. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't make, if Pennsylvania's average home price is a hundred, 150 grand, you're not making a 35 grand fee there. That'd be astronomical, right? Yeah. Delaware, same thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I tried, man. I tried tremendously jumping into Tampa, uh-huh. right? I, I learned my mistakes. I learned and, I, and then I attacked New York, Yonkers, Mount Vernon, Westchester, every uh, Bronx, right? Yeah. And it was, man, New York was hard, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the deals wasn't the problem. 
it was understanding the law and dealing yes. with New York City attorneys. And Oh, yeah, the, that's a different ballgame. The database out there is a little bit different. Buyers are a little bit different, right? So yeah. I got deal. I mean, it ended up being a profitable venture, right? Mm-hmm. So I started about six to seven months ago. I'm finally about to make my first uh, six-figure check out there. What have you done successfully to jump into these new markets and succeed? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how it happened because I was focusing on PPC, my PPC campaign for New Jersey. Okay. But I kept getting leads from Pennsylvania and Delaware. So I kind of just like fell over it. So I, I was getting these leads that were making total sense. I'm like, wait, this guy wants 15000 And I'm, I'm looking up these deals. And I'm like, the ARV is showing like, you know, 100 something. Hmm. I'm like, all right, there, there's meat on these bones, you know? And then once I started doing that, I got my first deal and I got a, t- a taste of it. And I made uh, like 12 grand on this wholesale, nice. wholesale deal. And I was able to close it like in three weeks. But I had to figure out the laws. I had to figure out. There was a lot of stuff that I had to figure out because it's different. You know, it's different in Delaware. Mm-hmm. You know, there's transfer tax. There's, uh, you know, the, the attorney needs a, there's not like title companies that can do everything for you. You got to get an attorney and stuff like that. So, so it was definitely a learning curve, but, you know, we were o- able to overcome all the hurdles and it was, it was profitable. Wow. So I'm like, all right, so let me just duplicate what I do in Jersey and try it in this area in Delaware. And then as soon as we kicked it off, we started getting leads the same way. You know, and I already started building relationships. Mm. Boots on the ground is very important. Like getting, you know, I, I was looking for realtors that know how to work with wholesalers. That was my first goal when I got the first deal. Like, let me just find these guys. And then little by little started building a list. They started, you know, just started networking within that area with people uh, like realtors, um, boots on the ground that understand wholesaling. So they were able to help me and manage whatever property we got under contract. What would you say your main and most profitable form of marketing is and when you're going into a new market can you walk me through kind of like the sequence of events that you go through strategically to make sure that you're going to see succeed this time around so let's start with uh the marketing my most profitable marketing is ppc ppc marketing it's powerful because the people who are reaching out to you are like they're super motivated you know if they're clicking the link and they're filling out all the information that they need to fill out like that's a hot lead Second would be SMS texting, but that's changed in the past six months. I, I'm sure you know. Yeah. You know, with all the rules and regulations, it initially in the beginning it was it was amazing. You know, we're sending texts, we're getting tons of leads throughout the day, throughout the week, closing deals. And that that was that's a great form of marketing. But um, but like I said, a lot of people get in trouble. There's a lot of legal things that we have to watch out for. So I see that changing and us focusing a little more on PPC. But uh, initially when I started, I was all about banded signs and postcards. And then we were getting a great return on, on both. Those are, again, like super motivated people that call that. If yeah. somebody's calling a sign that says, you know, sell your house for cash, yeah, he's motivated. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the same with PPC. If they're searching those keywords and they're clicking your website, like they're, they're motivated to sell. Wow. You know? So definitely in different markets, it's PPC. But uh, SMS has been... Uh, been great as well these rules keep changing and so it's hard to, to follow them right and so i'm glad that you figured out a niche there with the ppc yeah. side do you hire somebody or did you figure it out on your own at first i tried to do it on my own then i went through a few trials and tribulations with different companies that do management yeah. and then i was able to find uh somebody who knows ppc very well i was able to create a campaign for me manage the cr- campaign remove any negative words on a daily basis which is huge and that helped a lot that's helped a lot. Something that's been working for me really well, it's the speed to lead for especially these types of leads. Speed to lead is the key metric, right? If they click that form and submit, how fast your team getting to that person, right? My consultant, he said there's a 
cool tool called Callingly. What it does is they fill out that form and instead of your team getting it like an email or text and calling it, what it does is it automatically calls your entire acquisition team. And then and then all you got to do is click one and then it calls for you. Oh, yeah. So wow. like my team is on it. I mean, it. Two rings and someone's already calling that person. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Let's move on. I mean, that that was a lot of gold. Let's talk about your strategy. Like, you're jumping into a new market. What market do you have in mind right now that you're thinking about going into? We're definitely thinking about um, North Carolina, South Carolina, like the Carolinas in general. Also, Texas. We've been getting uh, a lot of leads from Texas, and we have some boots on the ground over there. So a lot of a lot of opportunities that we've been seeing in uh, in Texas as well. Interesting. Where yeah. in te- Texas? You got Houston, Austin, Dallas. Where are you thinking? So we don't focus like inside the city. We try to focus like outside the city, mm. you know, the, like right on the surrounding towns from the, a major city. We analyze what kind of cash transactions are going on in those areas. And you'll be surprised how many transactions are going on right outside of a city. You know, I'm talking about me, you know, anywhere between uh, two to five miles out of the city, all, you know, in the radius. And then you, you see how, much, how many transactions are going on. You see what the, you know, what they're selling for. And then you could kind of calculate if it fits your model as far as profit is concerned. So you got a strategy. You analyze your market. You figure out where you want to go. And then what's next? Do you start looking for buyers? Do you start talking to realtors? What are your sequence of events before you start blasting it with uh, marketing dollars? Yeah, well, we start building the PPC right away because it, it takes time to build traction. So it has to analyze. It has to go through it. It has to like start researching the people that are clicking. So there's a lot entailed when it comes to PPC. So we get that campaign going right away. Mm. Second, we start reaching out to realtors, seeing which realtors are actually investor friendly, you know, because you have your, your realtors that don't understand wholesaling or flipping. And, you know, we don't want to deal with them. Or if they're open for it, we'll educate them. Because a lot of times realtors, they do want to work. They just don't understand wholesaling or sometimes think it's illegal. So we have to kind of, you know, show them the light that it's not. Or we just find somebody who's investor friendly deals with investors, and uh, we build, start building relationships with them. Second, we start gathering data in the area as far as, uh, you know, list to skip trace. We get both sellers and for buyers, and then we just do like a full-out blitz. Uh, once we get all the, the data, we just start attacking that data. Got it. Wow. Consistently. When, yeah. you, when you start reaching out to realtors, what, what is it that you – because there's a lot of – guys out there that they don't know what they're talking about. So they don't, they call a realtor and they're like, this is like the 50th call they've got from the, from a newbie investor. And like, dude, what do you want? Right. What do you say to them? And how do you build a relationship? And at the end of that, that rapport building conversation, what is it that you, what are the takeaways and action steps you want with that realtor? What kind of partnership do you want to form with them? So first, the, the way that we introduce ourselves is, uh, you know, we, we tell them what we're doing now. You know, we, we kind of let our resume speak for itself because if we just call them, we're like, hey, we're looking to do deals. We never did one before. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to blow us off. Right. Like we start with our resume. Like, look, we're doing about 10 deals. Uh, we're starting in a new market. We're looking to partner up with realtors. That sounds more appealing to them. You know, we're just straight up honest with them. Mm-hmm. And then once we get them on the phone, we explain a little more in detail what it is that we do and what we're looking for and what type of relationship we're looking to build with them. And once that gets going. You'll, you'll be surprised how easy it is. Like everybody, realtors want to network. They want to work with people. They want to learn something new. They just want to find the right person that they trust. Everything is about building rapport, you know, and you, you start building rapport with them. You know, they're willing to, to work with you in, in, in return. Awesome, man. And they, they probably have buyers. They do. That's actually one of, one of the things uh, that we focus on. Once we do have something under contract in that area, 
we blast it out to realtors first because so many of them have buyers already. Wow. You know, so, and, and the beauty of doing that, let's say you reach out to a realtor and he has a buyer for a deal and you find a couple buyers as well and you let them know, look, you have your buyer, show them. I have my buyers going to meet you at that time too. make sure you represent us. And uh, you kind of remind them that they're a realtor. Like, look, you have a code of ethics. Like, you can't go behind my back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Like, you remind them what they signed up for. What are you paying these realtors if they bring you a buyer? We base it on the commission and, and really what's, uh, what's on the assignment fee. Like, how much money, if, if there's enough. You know, if, if we have a decent spread, let's say, you know, 30K spread, I've given them, you know, half of that. You know, just wow. to build a relationship. Well, but it's it's the long run, you know? Like, you, you work out this deal and you're very transparent with this realtor. They're going to be the same in return, yeah. you know? So it's not about the money now. It's about the, the money that we can make in the future. Yeah, relationships is everything, man, in, in anything in life. You know, you have to build those strong relationships and be transparent. One thing I try to do after every phone call, no matter what, whoever I meet, I'm just trying to figure out how I could help, right? Yeah. Whether it's an introduction to this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm not, I don't want nothing. I don't want, I'm not asking for anything. But if I could walk away from that conversation and provided some sort of value, that's a huge win for me. I think, honestly, your, the value that you brought, just insight alone is, is significantly better than just the best deal ever. But I still want you to show off a little <laughs> bit, player. Flex a little bit. Show off a bit, Marco. What's the be- best deal you've ever done? It's got to be this two family that we had in Mawa. Yeah, we, we got it. We got it under contract and literally, you know, went in, got pictures, started broadcasting it. In two days, we got over asking sight unseen cash closed <laughs> in in like a week and a half and we ended up making 72k on it wow that's a great yeah. deal man yeah good for yeah. you yeah it was awesome so this game it's a difficult game to figure out but the thing is is if you put in the time the effort to get mm-hmm. to network to build up your knowledge base like yeah. how long did it take you to get to the point like before you even started your first deal like how many hours of education and networking oh, and reading man. did you do before you even started? I used to grind. But before that, that deal that we made 72 on, it took seven different follow-ups for the dude to finally call us and be like, you know what? And he even told me, he's like, you texted me seven times. <laughs> he's like, I got to work with you. He's like, you are consistent. <laughs> so the way that I found out about uh, wholesaling, I went to, like, I, I was praying on him. I'm like, God, sure, I want to get in real estate. I just don't know where. Like, mm-hmm. give me a sign. And I kid you not, I was driving. And a commercial came out. I'm like, want to get into real estate? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> to a seminar. They opened my eyes. I had no idea what wholesaling was. I kind of knew what flipping was, like, you know, HGTV and stuff like that. But never really understood it. And, you know, it opened my eyes. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And they were selling their course for like 80 grand. Whew! I went home. I was telling my wife, this is what I'm going to do. I got to come up with 80 grand. <laughs> She's like, babe, slow down. She's like, listen to what you're saying. Like, you want to spend $80,000 on something? Yeah. And then I listened to her because, you know, wives always have that discernment, you know. Oh, thank and, God uh, you have her, man. You'd be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? She's right. Let me slow down. Let me do some research on wholesaling and flip. And I was able to find this mentor, you know, fast forward, who was uh, willing to give me a mentorship for $3,500 wow. and give me everything that I needed. And I listened to his podcast for at least six months before I decided to take that step. And he had a course on how to wholesale from beginning to the end and flip houses. Man, it took a lot of time and effort. After work, I would pick up my, my son. And then when she got home, like around 5, 5.30, I would focus until about 2, 3 in the morning. Wow. And yeah, just just straight whole, uh, just straight real estate. 
so I just want to like isolate a couple things right from that story. You got a coach, right? Yes. You got a mentor, right? Like even me personally, right now, I got a spiritual coach, I got a life coach, I got a business coach, I got a fitness coach, yeah. right? Like I don't, <laughs> I'm not trying to figure it out on my own, brother. You know? Yeah, there, yeah, no, for sure. There are mentors and there's people that are willing to help you. And like you yes. said, like that'll just short, that'll just jumpstart. I mean, uh, shortcut your entire learning curve, right? Yes, um, without a doubt. So that that's that's a gold mine right there. And then the other thing you said was, bro, you put in that work, right? Yeah. Five o'clock to two o'clock, eyes were yeah. hanging, your knuckles were chapped up, bleeding. You were out there getting after it, and you got to do that. And people don't. Sometimes you're yeah. like, oh, I want to get into this. That video yeah. is like, how bad do you want it, right? Do yeah. you want do you want as bad as you want to breathe, kind of thing? Yeah, but yeah, like, exactly. gotta have that that vision and that mm -hmm. determination and that yeah. willingness to sacrifice Friday night out, Saturday night yeah. out, like yeah. sleep, right? Yeah, to just get after it to accomplish these goals, and you did it, brother. You did it. I want to ask you yeah. one last question, final question. What's the number one piece of advice you have for new investors to gain real leverage in real estate investing today? Be resourceful. You got to be resourceful. You got to be able to, to figure out problems. Like we're problem solvers. When it comes to real estate investing, um, you're going to run into so many issues that are going to get in the way, all these hurdles from point A all the way down to the finish line. And you have to be able to, to, to figure out these problems, defuse these problems, and put out these fires to make it to the end. So be very resourceful. I love that. Marco, I love you, brother. I really do. I appreciate you taking the time to give out some gold mines for the audience here. Guys who are doing deals in, it looks like, the Carolinas. Guys who are doing deals out in Texas, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, realtors, wholesalers, buyers. If the people want to reach you, Marco, how can they reach you, brother? Well, they can reach me on Instagram is uh, the best way. Uh, my Instagram is Marco Priceless, M-A-R-C-O. Priceless, P-R-I-C-E-L-E-S-S. -S. And uh, you can also email me at marco at profitpropertiesllc.com. Brother, thanks for coming on. I'll catch you later. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah. yeah. Love you, brother. Love you too, bro. All right, everybody. That's our show. If you like what you heard, do us a huge favor and give us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, maybe even tell a friend. Word of mouth helps a lot. If you're interested in being on the show or getting exclusive invites to our Deals and Dollars networking events, you can fill out a form at dealsanddollars.com. That's deals, the letter N, dollars.com. Your hosts were David Choi, Eric Panecki, and John Labretti. The podcast was produced by me, Joshua Perna, with additional editing by Jonas DeHuse and Erwin Castillo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.